Hello, listener, and welcome to podcast number 19. 19 bolt being both of our lucky number. Hello, Veronica. Hello, Sam. 19 and... hellos to you on this beautiful 19 day. Oh, man. 19 is such a special number. Uh-huh. My parking spot at work is 19. Did you know that? I did not. Did you of... trade for it? No. It just was the one I was given because of course it was. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Everything comes in 19s. Yeah. Uh-huh. 19 is a pivotal year in people's lives. They don't realize it until 19 is gone. <laughs> That's yeah. very true. Yeah, yeah. So, Samuel. Yes. How are you today? Quite well. Yes. This is a continuation of the episode that we just recorded. Seconds ago. Seconds ago. Uh-huh. We decided to keep going. Mm-hmm. So, back to Twitter? Yes. Okay. Roll Will... Who's also a fellow Texan. Okay, me. just one second. I got a, uh, an 11. 12 minus 1 is 11. All right. <laughs> um, so his SO, Tara, doesn't like to watch spooky movies, but is open to it for Halloween. What are your top recommendations? Troll 2. Okay, yeah. Start with Troll 2 if she likes horrible movies. That's fun. Uh-huh. Um, okay, but in all... I love scary movies. You do love scary movies. I really love them. Why don't you give your top three? Okay. And I'll give my top three. Uh, this one is kind of pulpy. I I don't even care. I just think it's fun and it's, uh, conceptually interesting. It's been parodied a thousand times, but at the moment, like, it was interesting. Paranormal Activity, the first one, I think is really great. That's just no production. Just three people, a house, and a $5,000 camera. The whole budget of the film was like $5,000 until they redid did some post-production on the last scene and put it to film festivals. But it's just people in a camera and being spooky, and I like that one a lot. Uh, Rosemary's Baby is really interesting, and it kind of uh, push- shows the boundary-pushing thing of the, of the genre, how they, the horror and the monsters are the people and their decisions that they make. And yeah, there is supernatural shit, but the really awful things are the things that people do to one another. Uh, and uh, also there's the horror of just being trapped in a society that doesn't value you because of you, because of whatever it is, your, your gender, anything. Uh, so that one's horrifying. Um, so those are two that are really like, I'll think of a third one. Uh, okay. Well, let me pick up. So I think that there is a way to introduce someone to horror movies. Go ahead. Get comfortable. Okay. All right. All right. There's a very good way to introduce people to movies that are not horror fans. Um, One of the ways that I like to do that is to show older, good horror Mm -hmm. movies. Now, the 80s were the era of fantastic horror movies. I'm so glad you're saying this because I thought of the one that I really wish I thought of before. Go on. It's great for this. The Thing. The original The Thing. Yes. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> it's such a good paradigm shift where you've been seeing things one way and then it challenges you to take the whole 20 minutes that you've just seen and just flip it on its head and see it a different way and it's great. Yeah. Um, so one of the one of the things that I think that I would recommend first and foremost that everyone should see is Hellraiser. Hellraiser, I think, is probably one of the best horror movies of all time. Um it's just great and it really celebrates practical effects which you don't really see anymore in horror films and if you take the time to appreciate 
just how much work went into practical effects, especially on that movie. It's uh, interesting. But it's also, um, you can also pull yourself away from that and realize like, hey, this is just a scary movie. It's not a big deal or whatever. And, uh, and that's fine. The other scary movie that I think everyone should watch is, um, oh my gosh, Night of the Living Dead. Is that the correct one that I'm thinking of? That's a great one. Um, let's see, what else? I, and I have not seen this one, so I'm not going to recommend it. <laughs> well, did you almost recommend I was gonna, I was going to re- recommend Pumpkinhead just because so many people that I know really like that movie a lot and uh-huh. praise it as a really great film, but I haven't seen it yet. Um, I really like and still consider um, vampire movies that are not Twilight to be horror movies. Um, so I would recommend um, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Uh, Stoker's... Stoker's, Stoker's, I think. Yes, thank you. Sorry. Um, I read that book in the U.S. Capitol building. Oh, really? Yeah. Neat. It was fun. Um, the I think it's Winona Ryder that's in that film. Yes, it is. Oh, of, of course you know that. <laughs> I like Winona Ryder. Yeah. Um, so I really like that film a lot, and it's very good. If we're talking vampire movies, let the right one in and let me in. Oh, yes. Are really great. You have to watch both of them. Oh, shit. I just thought of a new one. Okay. Um, Night Watch is such a good movie. It's a Russian film, and it is beautiful. And it really um, depicts an area that I love, which is this gray area between what is good and what is bad. Mm -hmm. And like where time and space stop to house that great area. I fucking love it. Okay, forget all suggestions. Just go watch Night Watch. Okay, well let's go back for all, all the ones we've recommended. Okay. So people have a complete list. Troll 2. Troll 2. Night Watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rosemary's Babies. Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> Paranormal Activity. The Thing. Let the Right One In. Let Me In. Hellraiser. What else? Uh, Bram Stoker. Bram Stoker's Dracula. Dracula. Okay. So those are nine horror movies that we all think are good. Okay, and all of those are old films. That none of except them are paranormal. But well, yeah. none of them except for Paranormal Activity are very old, uh, are very new. Now, once you have seen that, I think highlight all of this by watching Cabin in the Woods last. Okay, and let that be your yeah. final but uh, Halloween. Let movie. that be at, at, at earliest your tenth horror movie. Yes, be very acclimated to the genre. And kind of um, inculcated to it before you watch that one. Yeah. Cabin in the Woods is a film that I did not expect to like whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And it was so good. Ridiculous. Okay. So there, there we are. Our 10 in order. Yeah. Um, gosh, I didn't realize we were going to be a horror podcast so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was inevitable, right? Oh, Lord. Okay. So I hope that helps you. And I hope that... Well, now that I'm thinking about it, I hope our recommendations aren't terrible. Like, what if she doesn't like spooky movies because they're campy? And then I... I... We both do like campy things. Yeah. And we both really gravitate. I mean, I'm the biggest Trekkie in the world. And you can't be the biggest Trekkie in the world without really appreciating campy things. (laughs) Yes, that's true. Um, Also, The Fly is good. I've never seen it. Uh, And the one from the 80s. I think there's one from, like, the 50s. And I've never seen that, so Mm. I can't recommend that one. But um, The Fly... Okay. 
I really want to watch Scanners. I've heard I like it. Oh, interesting. I haven't seen it. Okay. Okay. Our next question is from Steph Kingston. Uh, if you want to follow her on Twitter, Steph O. Kingston. Hey, Stephanie. And she just said opinions on brunch, no question mark. So I, I can't even understand. How did she know the exact right question to ask you? Well, I think it's... I think it's because maybe I mentioned brunch in another tweet. Okay. Do you want to field this one, Veronica? Opinions on brunch. Why are we waking up so early? First of all, as a society, let's knock it off. And let's stop working so much. Let's move to a six-hour workday. Let's all wake up around 8.30ish, 9 o'clock, hang out a little bit, and have some brunch, and then go to work for a little bit. You know, have a have a snacky type lunch around two, maybe like a plate of fruit and cheeses, and then come home, have a feast with our friends, play some D and D, and just be done with it. I didn't realize you were fielding this question to answer to to start the platform for your presidential campaign, but this is great. Yeah, I feel like society needs a major change. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is how the revolution begins. Podcast. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so, uh, but I, you are a, a brunch fan. You I fucking love, love brunch. brunch. You're all about brunch. I love the idea of orange juice and champagne. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. I, I like I like juices and liquor. They're good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like the idea of... I'm sorry, am I boring you? No, just you yawning. Sure? I think you're great. I'm sorry you're not excited about brunch. Yeah, well... I really like pretentious brunches too. Yes. Ones that include any kind of puff pastry, feta cheese, and spinach or some some bullshit like that. Uh I love it. Yes. And give me some artisan meats, please. (laughs) Thank you. I love brunch. All right, yeah. I wish I could talk more about this. You really love waffles too. (gasps) Oh my God, I love waffles. I just threw away our waffle maker, not an hour ago because I was like I don't like the waffles that that's mix anymore I'm gonna <laughs> buy a new one uh-huh that's pretty much exactly what I so said. to answer your question Stefo Kingston Veronica is all about the brunch and so are we here at podcast and you should come brunch with us sometime in fact why are we not just having brunch every time every day of GeeklyCon yeah that's gonna should, be my we should host goal. a brunch yep. at GeeklyCon okay we're gonna have a at GeeklyCon a potluck sort of brunch no, Sam. It's got to be pretentious. Okay. Okay. Well, I don't know. Anyways, yes. Okay, let's host a live podcast at GeeklyCon, but it's going to be podcast brunch, and we'll record it with our friends, and we'll have brunch with them. Mm-hmm. You heard it here first, guys, and there's going to be sparkly, liquory orange juice, so... Yeah, exactly. You know, Fred Nirvana turned me on to this uh, concoction where they had this uh, cantaloupe-flavored drink. Kind of like, you know how tang is, you know? Just like flavored drink. But they got some that's cantaloupe, and they mixed it with champagne, and they're like, try it. I tried it, loved it. And then Fred sent me home with a package of it, and I was like, thank you, best friend. (laughs) They sell it at Walmart. Wow, okay. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So next GeeklyCon, brunch. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll make a page and everything for it, and if we have to, we'll do multiples. God, I can't imagine my life with just multiple brunches with friends. <laughs> God, I hope we go somewhere where there's umbrellas outside. <laughs> oh my God, 
I'm dying right now. <laughs> dying. All right. Is there another Twitter? I can't get more excited than this. <laughs> this is ultimate Veronica excitement. Yeah. When she's just half, when she goes from completely smiling to like half glaring at the, at the <laughs> wall for it not happening right now, that's when she's very excited. What's the next Twitter? I can't care. <laughs> you can't care. I'm kidding. I, I, I'm very happy. Um, this is from at the, or I'm sorry, at the left underscore lane, mm. uh, aka Robin. Hey, Robin. I played D&D with Robin once. Did you? Mm-hmm. She often comes to our uh, our live tapings. I don't know what you would call it. Live streams. Thank uh-huh. you. Of Cthulhu and Friends. That's so, great. Yeah. We named a character after her recently. Oh, so, cool. Yeah. Um, your favorite book and why? Oh, boy. There's a lot of books I really love. I love The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy a lot. I reread that one quite frequently. I love The Devil's Dictionary, which isn't like a novel or anything. It's it's a collection of uh, really sardonic definitions for words. Uh, it's from the 1800s. It's really great. Uh, I use that constantly. It's by Ambrose Bierce. I love uh, different collections of Calvin and Hobbes, the It's a Wonderful Life, which is one of the very last ones. Uh, uh, Bill Watterson made of the collections is just a really gorgeous story from the very beginning to the very end of Calvin Hobbes, and it's one of my favorite collections of it. Um, it seems like you like serialized publications. Sure, yeah, all those I guess would 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 hit that, wouldn't they? Uh, there's 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 a lot of books I like. How about you? Um, well, I typically do not like to choose favorites. I don't think it's nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay these inanimate objects to say you are the favorite uh-huh. not nice at all um no i i guess like i go through phases right now i'm really digging on the wizard of oz a lot i'm considering making an audiobook version of me reading that for my kids mm-hmm. so um so i'm probably going to do that at some point over the next couple of weekends um I guess one of my favorite series that I really love, it's a fantasy series by Robin Hobb um, called The Farseer Trilogy. Mm. And that's really good. I also really like um, a couple of her other series. She has like a dragon one. And she has a very interesting one about um, these magic ships. They're It's called the Live Ship Traders. Um, and that's the series that it's from. And I can't remember what these are called, but you know, like on old, uh, like pirate looking ships, how it's got like the ladies bust or whatever mm-hmm. there. So what it is, is these boats are made from these enchanted pieces of wood and the figureheads themselves are sentient and they, um, they either bond with their captain or not. And so these boats are in families for generations and um, I really love that idea. I'd not heard that before, and I'm sure it's you know elsewhere in fantasy. But I had not heard it before, and I've always very much wanted to write a D and D campaign based on that, Ooh, that's like fun. a high seas one. Mm-hmm. It'd be very fun. Um, so that's actually, those the Farseer trilogies, and just about anything by Robin Hobb, I would recommend that anyone read. Um, George R. R. Martin really loves her a lot too, and I found out about her before I found out about him. 
and I found out about him through reading an interview with her and I was like who? <laughs> what's Game of Thrones? <laughs> yeah. but that's really good too god darn yeah I really enjoyed those yeah. as well I like the short stories too yeah he's alright mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if he's ever going to get critical acclaim but yeah. well I mean now that we're mentioning yeah, we're mentioning on podcast I'm he's sure gonna get a bump. all the success in the world so yeah. you're welcome George R.R. R. Martin I'm excited to see what the future brings for you now yeah. people are going to finally start appreciating your work it's going to be exciting it is so great that we're able to lift up these little indie projects it really is uh-huh. like this podcast is nothing if not indie centric <laughs> <laughs> alright cool oh gosh we're so stupid <laughs> What's the next Twitter? Okay, okay, I'm getting to it. I'm getting What's to it. What's the next That Twitter might be question? all of them. That might be it. That's it. Mm. Well, let me go to the. Uh, let me go to another account. I don't think there's anything there, but no, that's it. Anything else you want to talk about, Sam? Yeah, I don't know. I guess just I've just been busy, but I feel more determined. I kind of got went through a, a, a slump of just not hitting the astronomical goals I had for myself as far as doing everything and kind of slide in all areas because that was just silly. I thought about all the things that I do do and that it's great and even if I'm not hitting that I just just should just be happy for what I can do and keep going and I've been a lot more productive since I've had a better outlook and yeah we need to get planning our wedding. Oh god. We have not done that at all. We haven't done anything for our wedding except for purchase save the dates. They're gorgeous save the dates. They're gorgeous save the dates, but we haven't even addressed them to people that we love. Nope. So So if you want to save the date. <laughs> yeah, and if you don't feel very invited to this wedding, it's because no one is. It's because no one is. Like four people, I think. Yeah. Total. Oh boy. Well, it'll happen. You got a maid of honor, so that's cool. I have a maid of honor, yeah. That was fun. We should just task her of things. Yeah. Could you play this wedding? Can you make sure that it looks like I'm just a bride chilla, man. I can't, I can't get, (laughs) I can't get all up in arms about things. We do, we did purchase a location. We did. And it's nice. It is a nice one. There's a nice little arch tree. Mm -hmm. So, I was going to say something, but I forgot. (sighs) Oh, that's worst. I'm playing a Sailor Moon game tonight. That'll be fun. I haven't played in like a couple months. Oh my gosh. He is the one called Sailor Moon. Skiwe Keate. Oh, shook ya. Well, I'll still marry you. All right. <laughs> I appreciate that. <sighs> That's fun. So, okay, Sam, I have a question yes. for you. Now, we've talked about several things here on podcast and mm-hmm. I just wanted to um, rehash an old wound between you and I oh okay are you ready I'm ready okay so say I'm standing in the middle of the woods and an alien from another planet uh-huh. comes down and murders me because yes. that's their way uh-huh. of life uh-huh is that right or wrong that would clearly be wrong that that happened to you and that would be horrible i think that imposing something over someone else is is a terrible thing to do okay so imposing something on someone else that's yes wrong. now that there's a little streak of absolutism that's coming in here um i will say that with the caveat that if you are in a society where you need to survive i i don't begrudge anything that you do you do the society so that there are degrees of good 
you can absolutely do in there. And I think that at sight of the individual actions, how you move things forward through the whole body of your your life and your legacy is is far more important. And I judge that on a very absolutist or uh, relativism scale. But I understand that there are a lot of silly things to be pointed at that, and that I make that I I choose that hill to die on in kind of a a, a funny way. But something happening to you, that uh, a bad thing happening to you would be awful, and I hope that it doesn't happen. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I also feel like I win. So that's... I don't think that that's true. <laughs> that was a joke. It was a goof. Okay. It was a goof, Sam. Yeah. Okay. That, that goof can be judged, as far as human nature goes, as good. I wish that people could see the look I'm giving you right now. Oh, they can feel it. They can feel how withering you are looking at me. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, so, wedding plans. What did you guys do for your wedding? Yeah, let us know. Let us know, because we have... Here are the thoughts that we've got. So, we really like the idea of having a glorious rainbow wedding. Um, my daughter is very much into that idea. Mm-hmm. Um... We also like navy and gold, mm-hmm. and that's kind of cool. We've thought about getting married kind of in the nighttime. So anyways, plan this wedding for us, please. Yeah, just let us know your plans. And, and we'll just, just send them in. We'll just do them. We'll just pick one at random. Even. Yeah. We're not even going to judge them on their merits. That's great. Okay, send these in. We'll print them out on a printer, and then we'll cut them up and put them into a tiny little top hat, and we'll just pick things. That's right. So the things that you should be sending to us out are theme, color scheme, DJ or band. What celebrity cutouts should be there in the audience? No. <laughs> We're not You're not going to have James Franco be present at your wedding? Well, James Franco will be officiating the wedding. <laughs> okay. So take that. <laughs> and Hathaway, I don't know. Anne Hathaway? I don't know. It's just picking a celebrity name at random. If you looked out um, and you are being married to me and in the moment of being married to me and you suddenly saw James Franco in the crowd, you would scream all giddy. And you would, for the first time that day, show true excitement. Not we, watched, we watched the 40th anniversary of SNL um, show we were watching there, and the camera suddenly panned to James Franco, who was in the audience. Do <laughs> you want to make the noise that you made? <gasps> <He> was, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> and he clutched the couch, and you just couldn't handle it. I didn't know he was going to be there. It was a shock. <laughs> I love him. He's fun. I know, I know. A, I, I feel like we could be best friends. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, uh, well, that was awkward. <laughs> it's not like Leonardo DiCaprio where I feel like, oh, he's a very beautiful, beautiful man. Uh-huh. And I feel like we could talk a lot about the environment and be on the same page. But I don't think we would ever be best friends. Mm-hmm. I feel like James Franco and I could be best friends. <laughs> he gets me. You are a big fan of Freaks and Geeks. I am a big fan of Freaks and Geeks. I used... We watched all the Freaks and Geeks together. We did. I was really upset that you had not seen it. <laughs> I had not seen it. I have seen it's it. It's such now, an I important part of uh, of human culture. It's really good. It's really it's great. It's very good. And um, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend. I used to not go out with my friends 
because I was going to stay home and watch Freaks and Geeks. <laughs> and I did not tell them. I was just like, no, uh, my mamma says I can't go out, so I'll just be at home tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and I would watch Freaks and Geeks. Can we talk about... I'm going to totally just pull something out of, out, of, okay. out of nowhere. Can we talk about the Texas homecoming tradition of mums? Oh, yes. So if you are unfamiliar with mums, pause this podcast or don't and just look up mums space Texas space homecoming. Okay. Google those three words together and see what you find. I've not Googled that before, but I'm assuming it's not going to be porn. <laughs> so what did Texas it... mums at homecoming. Ew, God, no. Now I'm thinking of some lady covering up her puss with a mum. <laughs> you said it, so now it's a porn because of Rule 34. <laughs> it's now a pornography. Oh, God. I, can I tell you I've thought frequently about putting a, a 34 into my CAF podcast game and just being like, whatever they say, it happens in porn. <laughs> <laughs> I just picture like they're the most sleazeball <laughs> yeah. possible. Someone call 34. I don't know how to make it work, but I want it. It's okay. I'll shoot them with my gun. <laughs> But the gun is just a corn on the cob, and it shoots out popcorns. <laughs> and the head 34 goes, this is not a phallic symbol. I need that to be known. <laughs> this doesn't represent anything sexually. What was the question? <laughs> so why do you explain to our audience the Texas tradition of mums in a non-pornographic oh. way? Oh, okay. I can do that. <laughs> okay. So... At homecoming, which Sam didn't know this until recently, but homecoming is the last home game of the football season, or it can really be any any sport that the school is into, but it's that's the last game. And typically, they only do a football homecoming here in Texas. I've never seen basketball or anything like that be done. But um, so what it is, is this mum, and mum comes from chrysanthemum okay now if you ask any texan what a chrysanthemum is you're gonna have varied responses probably someone's gonna be like what do you mean like drugs or something <laughs> or whatever but um but it's just a mum the flower the mum and they make this big corsage basically with a fake mum from a from a michaels or a hobby lobby and then they place that upon their upper boob and then it's got ribbons all behind it. And sometimes in the center of them, um, if your boyfriend or mom really loves you a lot, maybe there'll be a little teddy bear or a little a, a little trinket of some sort that represents you stuffed into that. And then there are flowing ribbons and bells. And I don't say bells like Christmas bells, like fucking cowbells <laughs> on these things. And... Some people have them, they're kind of short, maybe only go like to mid-waist. Others are dick wads and... To the floor. To the floor. And it's just ring, ching, ling, ding, ching, ching, ching. It's ridiculous. Some people have three of these huge flowers. And when I say a mum, what I'm talking about is look at your hand spread out. It's bigger than that. 
that's how big these things placed on people's, and I say people, mostly girls, breasts are. And so now in Texas, they're like, no more moms at school. Where to homecoming? But it is a tradition here that your boyfriend will buy you a mom. These mums are often over $100 because they're very expensive to make and they're dumb. <laughs> and so your boyfriend will buy you one or your mom will make you one or whatever. And it's just a thing that you do. And I think in junior high and high school, you can wear your mums to school if you tape the bells up. So I have not met a Texan who, first of all, mums come up in conversation for me in the office. And I do not understand why. I do not know why we are talking about a, a high school tradi tradition, but it's just such a talk of the town thing when it's happening wow. that for some reason it comes up in conversation and I don't understand why. So it comes up, first of all, which is weird, setting that aside. And you were, okay, this is weird. Okay, I don't think it's weird that it's office talk. I think it's weird in the office that you're in, which is full of engineers. Yes, yeah, full of engineers. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. So it comes up in that office. All right. I've got whole new fantasies about what happens in your office. <laughs> Whatever you're thinking is true. So <laughs> it comes up that in that situation, A, that's the strange thing. B, no Texan I've ever encountered who uses the word mom casually in conversation can appreciate the idea that a, a non-Texan um, doesn't know what that talk what that, that is. They do not have any grasp that this does not happen everywhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is not just a part of school life and community life in, in part of the human experience. Yeah, yeah. It's certainly very ingrained into the culture. Right. And it's not just ingrained in a proud Texan thing. It's ingrained in a, you're crazy for saying this is a Texan thing. Because obviously this is how people just behave thing. Yeah, I well, think it's I so think quirky you, that people can't... don't even think of it as being yeah. Texas at all. No, no. Um, yeah, I had one. I got my first mom when I was in kindergarten. <laughs> my mom and my aunt got it for me. And it was just it was just a little thing. Uh -huh. And I wore it to school. And that was before the ban on mums came. But um, And then I had one every year. Mm. Just little things. A lot of times boys, you know, um, you know, the little like... Thing where the bride has that oh it's a garter that's what it's yes. called so but they wear those on their shoulders like or I'm sorry what? on their biceps they wear the garters what on their are you their, talking about the garter that yeah, normally know, goes that. on her but leg wear that on their biceps yeah men men what men. I, I've never before ever encountered what you're talking about okay well. Girls wear uh, girls wear mums and boys wear these garters on their biceps that are just like little mini mums that have uh, like smaller ribbons. That's so crazy. It's fucking nuts. <laughs> I've never thought that that was like normal. I was uh -huh. just like, all right, well, whatever. Uh huh. But yeah, you'll get ones that are like, oh, my name's Cody, and you can tell because it's ironed on to my mum. <laughs> I mean, garter. Yeah. A strange place. Before we leave our good listeners, I have a request. Can you sing Sexy Back in a very Texan accent? <laughs> Please. No. Please. Yeah. Well, I need you to do this into this microphone right now. <laughs> so, what Sam is saying <laughs> is that 
when we go, when we're singing along to music in the car. Uh-huh. Um, like, we'll sing, like, a certain amount, and I'm like, all right, let, let's break up this shit. And then I go into a completely different accent, completely different pitch. Uh-huh. And I sing it in, in, in my hicks, in my hicks, in my hick voice. Yeah. It's good. And? <laughs> I need you to give the people what they want, what they need. Um, hold on. I have to listen to the song so I can. Okay. So I can know what I'm doing. Okay. I'll, while I'm looking this up, you can. Uh, I could say that I never know. understood what the transitions were in that song. <laughs> Veronica really enjoys those old songs that I never knew the words, and I just had some random guess of what the words were. But when it goes, uh, uh, take it to the courts, I thought it was take it to the courts. I didn't really know what he was saying. Take it to the courts, okay. Uh-huh. When he said take it to the bridge, I first envisioned the bridge of a ship. Second, I envisioned the bridge of a starship. Third, I envisioned a bridge over water. Never once did I envision a bridge over music. In a song. All right. In a song. <laughs> Sam, you're really getting down here. Okay. This will this will be how we sing in the car. Super. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on, I'll get there. <laughs> I cannot do anymore. Okay, listeners, this went great. Hope you, hope you have a good week. <laughs> Bye. Take it to the course.